This is the Nomad Futurist Podcast, a podcast about the evolution of technology, society, and transformation. Connect with us, share your thoughts with us at nomadfuturist.com. Let's get this started. Here are Phil and Nabil. Yeah, the, the dinosaur flying over to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reality we're in. The dinosaur is, is, is flying over the moon. Exactly. So I really think uh, this is a good time to start a podcast uh, where we're at and the circumstances that uh, we're leading into. What, what are your thoughts pertaining to Corona? Um, ah, gosh, what are my thoughts? I don't think uh, I have any um, uh, unusual thoughts compared to everyone else. It is, it is mass uh, and, and unadulterated chaos uh, uh, everywhere. And, you know, it's probably something that should have been predicted. But at the end of the day, um, I have lived through, you know, 9-11. I've lived through, um, you know, Superstorm Sandy and, and the blackout in 2003 that were, you know, things that affected disproportionately a particular region. Um, even though in some cases, you know, particularly when it comes to 9-11, it, it changed the world in, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not, I was, I, this might come as a surprise to you, I was not alive in 1918 uh, during the Spanish flu. Um, but I have not seen anything that has been, you know, so ubiquitous globally um, and so disruptive in such a short period of time. Um, and And to see how people are reacting to that disruption is... Um, is surreal. It it, it, it really is. Um, and and it, it all walks of life. I mean, you know, and in, in obviously we're, 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 we're technologists at our heart. So the idea that everyone is now, you know, focused on e-learning and, and, and how to work from home and how to, you know, leverage all of these, um, you know, whether it's Zoom or, 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 or any other platform. My son was on a Zoom call with his entire first grade class yesterday. That is absurd to me. I mean, it was yeah. total chaos. Everyone talking at the same time. It kind of looked like, uh, you know, Fox News uh, um, interview. But it was, it's it's unbelievable. It, it's just exactly. like, and, and these, everyone is trying to figure out, I'm getting calls from parents about, you know, how do I use Zoom? Like, what do I have to install? And of course they call me because, you know, uh, who, who else, but the, uh, like the exactly. geek in the, in, the, in the group. No one's calling the lawyers for advice or, yeah, or the finance guys for advice. Exactly. Yeah, we're getting to the basics, right? I mean, we've been talking about the digital transformation for a long time. Now, you mentioned earlier that this is new, but it's not really new in a lot of ways, right? I mean, if you look at back at time, we had Ebola, that was almost a decade ago. And then we had SARS, we, we, we had these events recurring probably in the last three to four decades. I mean, 1950s, we had a major, major uh, pandemic across the globe as well, right? Yeah, I don't think the idea of a pandemic um, is 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 earth shattering. Um, obviously, we've had them, and I think you know I'm not going to get political here. I think you can make your case for you know whether you know preparing for a pandemic, given you know previous uh, incidents, um, you know could have been a little bit better. Um, but in general, uh, I don't think any of those, whether it be Ebola or SARS or H1N1 or or, or whatever, I'm not going to go back to the 50s. It, it, neither, none of those things have disrupted like the way people regularly live their lives. None of those, like a, SARS or Ebola, didn't cause it. It was crazy. I remember when you know the doctor came over from Africa and he was in you know JFK or LaGuardia, and they found out that he was coming there. They just put him in some hermetically sealed thing and whisked him away. And and he was you know I remember interviews with him when he was like in captivity trying to get you know better from ebola um but that was really like that was happening to someone as opposed to 
California being being you know sequestered, uh, stay at home, mm-hmm. or, or uh, 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 you know quarantine. Entire industries, hospitality, restaurants, um, you know, being you know forever changed. Absolutely. Restaurants are closed that are never going to reopen. Yeah, like who's going to go? But when you when you come out of this, how do you from this from this kind of uh, reaction, which I think is totally. Uh, required and it's the only way to 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 stop the spread of a super you know spreading um, uh, virus like this. Is the only thing you could do is you know social separation and all this stuff. And and it shouldn't be surprising because there are words that are that describe them. Although a lot of them are new to a lot of uh, uh, people that are that are dealing with this. But in general, uh, those there there are places that are closed that are never going to reopen. Um, right. And how do you go from from this to being like okay? We're all good. Um, we, mm-hmm. we came up with a, uh, a cure uh, for it or, or a vaccine or, or whatever. And, you know, you can go back to your normally scheduled business. It's, that's not, this is forever changing the way we do business. And I am I am not like blind to the idea that human nature is a short attention span. And that's why, you know, people buy real estate in, in Florida in the wintertime and because they forget about, you know, hurricane season and then, you know, real estate uh, numbers fluctuate based on the season, seasonality mm-hmm. of it. But this is different. It seems. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. No, you're right. I mean, it, this is totally transformed. I think with, with the impact it has globally, it's transformed. And the fact that there's a lot more awareness now than we had in the past with the other pandemics, even though the numbers were massive in, back in the day, this is, this is certainly affecting everybody, right? I mean, there's an economic downturn right now. Uh, we are looking at uh, possibly looking in one of the biggest recessions in the near future. Uh, yeah, I mean, people are using the D word, right? I mean, th- yeah. this, 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 could, this, this could certainly go to depression levels. Uh, mm-hmm. What Goldman um, came out yesterday with an estimate where like last year, just within the U.S., uh, last week rather, within the U.S., there were 281,000 file, uh, files for unemployment insurance. Um, next week's they're claiming is going to be close to 2.2 million. Exactly. In a yeah. week. Yeah. In a week. It wasn't yeah. a slow burn or a bubble that burst or whatever. Exactly. One week unemployment claims. And, yeah. and you know, those are those are people that will have to somehow get back into the workforce and somehow, you know, get back on their feet. And you just it's just not something that turns around. How long did it take to get out of the recession in 2008 and and, and slowly creep our way down to full to, to you know, whatever, whatever they consider full employment? Um, uh, it's 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 impossible, I think, to overstate the um, you know, how this is going to change, um, you know, the, the way uh, the global economy um, uh, works you know, for the foreseeable future when it goes away. It's not, it's not just going to go back to normal, like a yeah. rubber band snapping back. Exactly. Well, I mean, there's some positives that are coming out of it, right? I mean, social distancing. I mean, I've been waiting for it in my entire life. Um, I, look, I, I, I think that's, I think that you are perfectly situated for social distancing. <laughs> By the way, I know, um, I know you might be surprised to hear this. I'm also on an Island, except it's just slightly more dense, but yeah. I'm also sitting on an Island right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've been waiting for social distancing my entire life because I'm just an awkward, awkward, you know, technology guy that is in, inherently awkward around people. So uh, I think it's, it's, it's perfect. You know, I'm, I'm usually better from six feet away. So it's, uh, it's Daka was actually really driven for a reason back in Hawaii. Right. I mean, just yeah, I mean, stay away I, from me. A, don't touch the, me. The original, <laughs> the original social distancing is certainly from the Samoans. Uh, there, there's no question yeah. about it. So uh, economically speaking, um, particularly in the data center market space, what do you foresee is going to happen? You know, it's, with, it's with COVID. I think it's, um, uh, 
inherently, and I, I don't know how individual companies are, are, are going to react or not react. Um, I think there's, you know, you talked about digital transformation earlier, and I think there's no question that um, there's this sheds the light on how tied to to technology we all are and how you know we're going to rely upon it and in ways that we could never have imagined you know it's one thing to talk about you know having you know zoom conferences at work because you know it's cheaper than travel and it's a more efficient way you know to get everyone together uh, it's a whole other thing when everyone's children are impacted by it and you know we're trying to figure out a way to create normalcy in terms of homeschooling and e-learning and all of those things i mean it's you know um it's not just about getting stuff out of the file cabinet and into files mm -hmm. um, on a computer or on dropbox it's about trying to figure out how we take every element of our daily lives and virtualize it sure. and uh, the only way to really do that is by leveraging you know these types of platforms both globally i mean zoom has 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 survived this thing incredibly well uh some others like microsoft teams and whatnot have not you know survived you know the influx of traffic as well um and in some cases that might be surprising or unsubscri unsurpri unsurprising but i think we've gone from you know on on the technology side from the era of over engineering to the era of over subscription um so in general that's just you know the nature of the beast um uh, it's another you know we moved away from if you build it they will come to you know build it and you know if they come you know you can you can burst um, exactly. It didn't. It didn't really benefit. It, it didn't really foresee everyone coming at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you know, I don't want to suggest that the future is bright for data centers in general because of what's going on here. I would. I would much rather go back to you know the world that exists through as it existed three weeks ago, um, just because it, you know to me that that I felt some level of normalcy. But um, I think it's clear that you know the data center is at the core of every element of our lives now. What I've always done in in my world is suggested that times of um, difficulty is what separates you know what the 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 um, uh, companies from one another and people mm -hmm. from one another. So you know it's it, it becomes a who would you rather be on a deserted island with a conversation as opposed to you know what what is everybody what is everybody doing because we're all notwithstanding the fact that you've been there forever we're all kind of living on our own deserted islands now. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the idea is who can help me um, achieve this new reality? And I think um, from from the data center landscape, you're going to end up with a lot of companies that had been um, kind of pushed to the side um, who were smaller, kind of independent minded companies that, that did a lot more, you know, higher touch, hand holding, that sort of thing. Um, or are going to find their types of, you know, deployment uh, 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 help, the deployment capabilities um, in demand, whether that means it's going to redound to their own data center or, you know, helping put people into larger scale data centers like the core sites and Equinixes and, 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 and all those guys. Um, but I think there's, there, there's a lot of, um, there, there, there's going to be a lot of change in terms of, you know, how, uh, people facilitate data center deployments. And obviously there's going to be a large push to the cloud and those sorts of things that are more hands off. Um, but, you know, as we continue to um, try to make, make um, um, uh, adjust to this new reality, um, you know, we're, we're going to find that there are, are certain elements of, of data center absorption where things are going to need to be local. You're not going to be able to just go to the coasts and, um, and have, you know, Azure in Ashburn and Azure in Seattle 
um, and, you know, some type of centralized region, everything is going to become, you know, uh, kind of IoT, um, edge, low latency um, uh, deployment, just like, you know, Netflix is, has, has, has uh, had to do traditionally and, 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 you know, making sure that they can you know, stream their, their things locally that's going to transcend, um, you know, just a couple of these verticals. Exactly. Well, Netflix recently had a big issue as well uh, with their downtime and latency. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've had to they've had to reduce the uh, the streaming quality, right? Yeah. yeah. So one of the things you know, I mean, we've been talking about, and I talked quite a bit in the you know in the past as well at like events like the foundationally, we have been actually building a house of cards, and and particularly in an industry that's actually evolving significantly and and rapidly. Right? We have not really spent enough time in putting a foundation together and thinking about the future and trying to address issues that we are in currently today. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do is this an opportunity for us to actually step back, evaluate where we are at, and how can we get ready for the future? Um, I, look, I, I, you know, I, I used to use a hashtag all the time that people make fun of saying the future is now. I've heard some people compare what we're going through right now to like when the iPhone was developed in terms of the, 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 uh, the disruption to that to that um, element, but in general, though, though there are ways in which this is this is this is somewhat similar because technology is 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 becoming like a regular part of everyone's life um, in a way that uh, that maybe it wasn't even a couple of days ago. But the I, the sheer speed with which we are in our new reality um, uh, makes it difficult, I think, to uh, at least when we're in it right now to plan for the long term. I think yes, in general this will require us to, you know, move from an oversubscription model. People are going to have to solve the problems um, mm-hmm. as they exist today and and you know, you it's difficult to solve um, a house from the top. You have to solve it from the foundation. Exactly. So, um, there's there's no question about it and foundationally if you take it apart from what we do in our regular lives in the data center um, if you talk about who's going to be left behind, you know, for you, who is a technologist for me that, you know, lives in, uh, in the biggest city in the world, you know, we have, you know, decent, reasonable, you know, internet access. We're able to adjust to this new reality fairly quickly. You know, my kids have to figure out how to use zoom conference without being crazy, but there's no, there's no buffering. You know, they have a gig to the house because we have, you know, bios and, and all that. If you talk about, you know, um, a, a, a disruptive element of trying to get back to normal life and how that's going to impact rural communities and, and a lot of these places that, that, that don't necessarily have the underlying infrastructure because there hasn't been, you know, the economic justification to, to, to put it in, particularly in countries like this one where, you know, you're looking for, you know, private-public partnerships and you're looking um, to, you know, uh, uh, to break the logjam um, in mm-hmm. bureaucracy to, because you need the government to lead, you know, that that sort of thing. It's going to be a huge issue. So I think before, you know, there's, there's a chicken and the egg scenario, and I don't have the answer for which is which, but, you know, they, the, you're going to have to try to drag everyone along and, and, and provide the infrastructure, not just at the coasts, but, um, you know, uh, in, in between the coasts and a lot of these rural communities, not just in the U.S., but, but globally, Correct. Um, to be able to, uh, uh, to adjust to what is no doubt going to be eternally, um, you know, a new norm. So I think we need to share the idea behind how we started, what we started, what the, what the core of this is. Well, uh, Phil and I met on a circuit. Uh, we've been uh, a part of the, the speaking circuit, and we're both technologists. We've been involved in the industry for quite some time. 
The idea behind Nomad Futurist really is that uh, it's a no commercial podcast sharing thoughts of what's happening in the industry, as well as enticing younger generation to become a part of it, whereby we can eliminate some of the gaps that we're going to start seeing in the future. And where we're at today is actually a primer example of it, that we don't have the human capital that's needed to sustain and develop the industry that we're in. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the, um, I, I think in general, when, when we first came up with this idea, um, which you know was almost was almost initially joking and then and then became became a reality. Um, it was born from this idea that you know we go um, on the conference circuit in the technology community and you go from conference to conference to conference year after year after year, and you know the median age seems to be you know consistently getting older and older and older. Um, and you know when I started, you know I started I started when I was you know 17, 18 years old, and nobody took me seriously because I was the youngest guy in the room. And now nobody takes me seriously because I'm in many cases the oldest guy in the room. And I don't remember if there was ever a an intermittent area where people took me seriously. The answer to that is probably no. But um, in general, I think the younger generation is always always kind of gravitates towards, you know, media and entertainment and legal and finance, because these are, you know, kind of the sexy um, industries where you can, you know, you can, you can world travel um, and, and all that. Um, and, you know, there are so many interesting people that, that I've met and I know uh, you have met um, on the circuit that have done all of those things. And along the way, you know, created real fundamental infrastructure, created real, um, you know, opportunities um, for the world to become more of a community while also being able to, you know, travel the world and, and, and have, you know, a lot of those experiences that I don't think, you know, um, um, the, the future generation necessarily associates with, you know, critical infrastructure or, or technology. Um, right. So I think, you know, the, the, the initial goal was to, to try to get people on the podcast and, and really get them to, to um, explain what makes them tick, what their, what their lives have been like um, in order to show the younger generation that, you know, this is, this is an incredibly exciting um, uh, industry that we're in that is a part of all those things. We enable the finance community. We enable the legal community. We enable the entertainment and, and, and media um, in a way that is, uh, is fundamental as evidence now. I mean, we came up with this idea before we knew that the entire world was going to be disrupted. Um, and I think that's going to change kind of the nature of some of our questions and in and, and terms of, you know, how people kind of see, um, you know, our our new reality. But at the end of the day, if anything proves that, you know, technology is a core of uh, uh, of life at this point, um, it's this. And, and, you know, I wish I could have, uh, you know, predicted it or, or, or not predicted it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's uh, it's going to be incredibly valuable for people to see. Like, who are the humans behind the infrastructure? Who are the humans behind, you know, the fact that we can do this Zoom thing or Microsoft Teams or Slack, or mm -hmm. we can enable, um, you know, communication and we can enable um, life to go on virtually. Yeah. And, you know, I think people take it for granted that it just exists and it's just, you know, this thing. And, you know, um, I, I think in many cases, again, a lot of the parents and have kids that are my, my kid's age, you know, consider themselves not necessarily the most tech savvy people in the world. Uh, but they utilize kind of ubiquitous basis throughout the day, things that you and I have enabled and all of the people to a much larger extent have, have enabled that, um, you know, we're going to shed some light on. Uh, and I think will be incredibly valuable. 
there, there's plenty of podcasts out there. There's plenty of uh, vlogs out there as well. One of the things that you and I have talked about is that this is actually a commercial-free environment whereby we're not really promoting one product or one service or another. We're talking about technology in general and the future of technology, right? Right. Uh, and uh, how is it going to impact us today and the generations uh, in the future. And it needs to be, you know, an open conversation whereby there's no hidden agendas. Uh, like we have actually seen in a lot of events that we go to, uh, self-promotion. Yeah, it becomes an infomercial. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. We want to stay away from, from that. Uh, and let's, let's be real. I mean, we're, we're real people behind the scenes. The imperfection of what we're going to produce and share with the world is going to be the perfection that's needed. We need to be average, normal people. Uh, the, the podcast is not going to be, you know, Hollywoodish. It's not going to be s- scripted. Uh, we want to keep it as normal and as, as natural as possible. Uh, there's no question that, um, you know, people just want to hear, um, especially with what's going on right now from real people and how they're handling because nobody really knows um, what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if people recognize that, you know, there are, um, you know, real people behind the scenes that are enabling them um, to, uh, to, to perform their daily functions, I, I think they'll, uh, they'll appreciate that. All right. So do you think we'll ever get back into a normal state? How far do you foresee that to be? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that anyone can call the timing on it. I don't know how you go back to normal. You know, I think there's, uh, there are certain industries that are going to be just disrupted for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is, this is, you know, creating a, enough, um, maybe fear is the wrong word, but, you know, enough recognition of, of how uh, fragile like society is mm-hmm. um, that I don't know that it goes back to, to the way it, it was before. So I don't know what normal looks like. I think it'll become more normal than this. I think we'll be able to, you know, associate with other human beings again. And we don't just have to be people living in boxes like this in terms of human interaction, or there's something very futuristic about it. It just seems like, you know, we immediately went to like 2900 or, or, you know, some sci-fi movie where we're all just living inside these box or, um, you know, it's like Keanu Reeves and uh, where, where everyone is, pl- you know, plugged in. The Matrix, that, yeah, like, exactly. Matrix, yes, we're in the Matrix. You're living yeah. in the Matrix. Look at that, look at that yeah, background. You are exactly. in the Matrix. Yeah. Uh, if somebody could <laughs> yeah, teach uh, me how to do karate just by loading it into my brain, I, there's, there's something about exactly. me that would love that or a or foreign language or something. But, um, so I hope, you know, as much as I joke about being, you know, socially awkward and not, not loving people, I do like being around people in general. Um, so I, I really hope we return to a, a time where we can socially interact and in a way that's not, uh, you know, virtualized somewhat, but I don't think it'll, I, I just, I, I don't see it, people snapping back to it that, that, that quickly. I believe there's going to be a new definition of the normal, right, as we move forward. Uh, I, I do hope that we find some sort of a resolution for the situation that we are currently in as it intends to medical science. And, and that leads me into like the whole idea of like artificial intelligence, the data gathering, data mining, <clears throat> as we move forward and what data we have gathered over the last three or four weeks to actually transpire into making some smarter decisions, whereby we probably have a little bit more intelligence of where we are at right now with COVID. And as we move forward, I hope we, we are able to find a cure for it in some form or shape that it does not spread as quickly as it is right now. The numbers are just mind-mongling, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, again, you know, everyone everyone tries to focus on, you know, how many cases and how many deaths and, and all those things. And those things are so 
um, skewed by the fact that, you know, at, at least in this country, there's just no, there's, there, there hasn't been any good testing. So it's just difficult to know how many cases there are. Uh, I think what we've learned is that it's going to continue to grow exponentially. If you just look at the numbers from, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a week ago to today, or even a several days ago, I mean, it, it, I think it took, um, uh, what, what is the, the metric? It took like, um, you know, 10 days to get to a hundred thousand and two days to get to the next hundred thousand or or, or something. It's just, it's, it's absurd. Um, And again, there's no question we're going to solve this problem. I mean, COVID-19 is going to be resolved, right? We're going to come up with, you know, drugs and vaccines and all that stuff, but it's just one disease. You know, there's, there, there is one every year. There is uh, maybe, maybe every year is a little bit much, but you know, this is, this, this exists and has existed in, in the past. Um, and, and the hope is that it creates, you know, some type of broad, um, you know, agreement among, you know, globally different constituencies, different political stripes, um, where sharing data um, is done in a way almost after 9-11, you know, where they created, mm-hmm. you know, the ability for agencies to share data between each other. If Correct. we could, you know, th- this could have been, um, you know, predicted <laughs> a lot earlier on. Um, you know, when whistles were blown in, in China and, you know, they had a lot of this data and it just, mm-hmm. I don't think there's, there's a good way that is, you know, absent, um, you know, uh, political pressure or, or whatever to share. And if that data could have been shared, you know, this, this, this vaccine, these medicines could have, could have, you know, been created, you know, months ago. Exactly. And yeah, the numbers would not have been this dramatic. In general, the, this this new reality is so bizarre. I would again. Uh, I'm sitting in in, in Brooklyn and in, in New York. You are sitting in in Kona in Hawaii. I'll let whoever listens to this podcast choose which location they'd rather be in. Um, I can tell you that I'd rather be on the other side of the screen. Um, but you know, wherever we are, we're we're impacted by this in in a way that has uh, has brought the the world closer. So I think. You know, as we bring people um, onto the podcast and 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 get other perspectives and um, and understand how this is impacting, not just you know the the lesser among us, but everyone in, in significant ways, it'll it'll really benefit. Absolutely, uh, I, I think I think I think we've used all the words that we're capable of using. This has been great. Nothing lasts forever. Markets will come back, currencies will rebound, businesses will go on, and we'll all move on. That could happen next week, next month, or next year. I'm confident that those who prepare rather than panic will come out of this stronger. Thank you for joining us. This has been brought to you by Nomad Futurist. Check us online at nomadfuturist.com.